0: You're listening to the Companion Gundog Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Geyer, and today with me is Will Newell. Uh, Will and I have, uh, I guess we've been kind of circling around each other for about a year now.
1: Yeah, close to it. Um, I was trying to think when first contact. It would have been sometime in like maybe March or April.
0: Okay. um, Yeah. I'm thinking, I guess... Well, the
1: first time I reached out, and spoke to you directly. That's true. Yeah, I've been following Grayson uh, on social for... (laughs) A little over a year, probably, and actually came and did the first St. Hubert's at Blue Horizon. Um, And I remember meeting Cheese. So, and so for most people, do they remember him? Not me. That's that's kind of that works for me. All right, just Cheese's dad. Cheese is
0: Will's cocker, um, who came out and uh, and made a made a good showing at last year St. Hubert's trial. He
1: He had a better showing than me. Um, (laughs) It was funny. I was real nervous. Had never done a trial before. We were with John. It was great judge. Um and we kind of I think John could tell I was pretty nervous and got like started, you know, took cheese off his lead off his lead. We're moving through the field. And we kind of come to this little corner area and John was like, all right, you can relax now. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, there were no birds back there. I just wanted to see like kind of how you guys walked what you did. But yeah, now we're into, you know, yeah. where it's we're going live. So be ready. Um so we get started cheese was like quartering at 15 20 yards beautifully he put a bird up straight away i pulled up and did not take the safety off oh, yeah. And so like the most embarrassing part about that really is not missing the opportunity the bird it's the flinch
0: yeah oh yeah the big flinch we, with we, the safety I
1: tell you like i don't flinch man i'm rock solid like i've been doing this for 20 years Uh, no i flinched like it was my second time ever holding a shotgun
0: you know that's an interesting and cheese
1: went on a big run and like it took me a while it took me a minute or two to get him back i was worried about the clock and yeah that was second bird was much smoother everything was fine had to search for a little bit but cheese did a great job john was impressed so like but, man, that first one got up and I sure enough just jerked. That's
0: so funny. I you know, when I was uh I was a really young kind of what you would call a boot navy corpsman. Um, in my first time like dealing with uh what we used to do like cover the rifle ranges for safety or the safety mm-hmm. guy and the the medic. And um first time I did that, I just remember striking up a conversation with uh, with a marine, one of the marine shooting instructors out there, and he was, and I, you know, being in the navy, like we didn't do all the shooting and stuff the marines did. So I kind of right. got there, like in boot camp, we're not really exposed to that stuff. I think we had to do this like simulated rifle range thing. Sailors just, general sailors, like it's just not, not the bag. And so I get there, and it was really the first time I had been around much of the shooting part of being in the military. And this guy was kind of talking to me about pistol shooting. And he's like, you know, one of the biggest things to deal with is just that kind of uh, anticipation recoil. Yeah. And and he had me hold my fist out, and he just, with a flat palm, started striking me in my fist, and I was keeping a straight arm. And he goes, just mm-hmm. imagine you're holding your pistol out forward. And he did that like five or six times, and then the last one, he kind of feigned it. And the just the ridiculous ridiculous amount of yeah. flinch that I uh, had with ju- from just that moment it just goes to show you how how much that is but yeah i mean that happened you know whether you get a, a dud round or or leave your safety on uh, or do something like that um you know it it, it definitely worth something worth considering maybe some dry fire practice with a with a snap cap or something in your in your weapon yeah. yeah it would be good for me and i'm a terrible shot anyway i just usually just let it ride and whatever if i have happens, to think I have about it
1: i'd I, I get worse yeah like I find, i'm find i terrible in a clay range. oh for sure Awful. oh penry I'm so much better in the field because I don't have time to think about it.
0: Yeah, pin raised birds for me are like it's so embarrassing because the the easiest shots are the ones I always whiff on. If I if I'm drawing a bead on a bird, it's almost a guaranteed miss for me. If it's a completely instinctive shot, yeah, you know, you. I would say, yeah, I prob I'm probably not that great at instinctive shooting, but I'm better at it than I am actually shooting the way you should. So right. it, it makes me look better yeah. um, <laughs> to some degree. But, but yeah. And, and, you know, and I think too, in, in the, uh, in the St. Hubert trial, and I found myself, I haven't ever run one. I was judging last year, so I'm really excited this year, but I was seeing a lot of folks and I was completely sympathizing with them because I knew I would be the same way, you know, because there's that element of being judged about your safety in the field and your firearm safety. They're like, they're so cautious about having their, you know, chamber visible or having their weapon on safe and at port arms um, that, it, it kind of caused a little bit of trickiness in in their flush sequence to get in the, the shoulder.
1: Yeah. You know. I mean, it makes you think about it. It's one of the, that was probably, I'd say that was one of the more natural aspects of it for me. That was like, you know, I bird hunted for the first time when I was like 13. Sure. Like I start out like as a young kid. I wasn't exposed to it from like day one. Yeah. And that was probably, I remember those conversations more than the gun safety. Oh, for sure. Like, this is a really cool new thing that we're going to try doing together. You know, my dad, like me and you, but the very second I feel like it's unsafe and you're handling that firearm in a manner that makes me or someone else around us uncomfortable. Like it's over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's and like, I, and, and I, and I think, you know, had that, I got plenty of that from my grandfather as a kid and then guiding, Yeah, you know, it's just like when, when you, <laughs> you see all
1: the bad behavior, Yeah, if you're you, especially yeah. guiding
0: pin raised birds, man, it's like, uh, you see there's, there's two, there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And the dangerous people are on either end. You have the brand new person that's trying to be safe, but they're so you know they're walking around with their weapon shouldered or, or doing whatever. rolling my eyes because I have y- yeah, I've got a story for this. Yeah, and so you got that guy, and you're like, okay, man, here's the deal. Like, you know, I'm trying to coach him through that and be safe. But anytime you're guiding, and, and I know anybody out there that's listening to this, I'm sure I've got some listeners that uh that have nice gun dogs out there, and. Um, are tasked with, you know, or choose to on their own, go out and guide some preserve hunts on occasion, you know, it's a dangerous, that's a dangerous profession or right dangerous, yeah. you know, uh, even avocation to some degree. Um, and so taking charge of the, of your clients out there and, and coaching them through their, their gun safety, but also the the skill in that is doing it without Embarrassing them or making, yeah, that's you know. a
1: fine line. I mean, I if I do a preserve hunt these days, I have two places in mind yeah. that I know about where they will allow me to do it unguided. Yes, and they'll just put the birds in the field and yeah. leave me to it. Which. Yeah is something that, like, that's – I because the whole safety speech, it can – a lot of guys – it's not that I roll my eyes at, like, man, that's so unnecessary. Sure. But so many people go about it the wrong way. Yeah. And they make you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. And yeah. the only person who knows anything about this here is me. And you yep. need – you know.
0: It's a hard – it's a really hard job because you have to take it seriously and you yeah. have to have a level of authority as the guide. um And, you know, and, and so many times, like, you know, people – that there's a lot of young people getting into it yeah. because the people that do it for a long time, you know, there's plenty of them that do it for quite a while and enjoy it and do well at it. But I I think that's a high turnover kind of part-time gig for a lot of folks. You know, you do it a few times and you're like, it's not for me. I don't do it anymore. I don't guide preserve hunts for, for that reason anymore. I had
1: one recently in October. It was a little hot, you know, it was kind of one of those days that you like don't, we said we would go. So we went and there was a guy who came kind of last minute that I didn't know, friend of a friend. Yeah, And I, my first clue was he talked about he had got a new gun, and then that, you know, in like a separate sentence about a minute later that it was his first time quail hunting. Yeah. And then about a minute after that, this guy pulls out a silver pigeon. Oh, and nice. asks for help getting the correct choke tubes in. Oh, my all right, so this is a preserve. I'm like, I see, dude. He's like, what? I'm like, which ones say I see? Put that one in. That's what you want, because these aren't long. He was like, what yeah. about modified? I'm like, probably don't need that today. Yeah. Um, We'd been out there for about 20 minutes. And, you know, we get the whole safety speech. I think we'd actually killed a bird at this point, and they weren't flying great. Yeah. So we were kind of having to, you know, we're I'm already on edge, and there's a bird walking, and I have Cheese uh, beside me. He's actually like, waiting paying attention waiting for me to release him you know give him the back command and tell him to go flush that bird and i said to the new guy behind me like hey get ready this bird's right here on the ground and i turned back forward to watch the bird and kind of decide how i want to approach with cheese and out of my like back right peripheral i see this silver pigeon come up to his shoulder oh yeah and he was about to shoot that bird on the ground yeah and i was in between me and my dog are in between him and the bird i mean he you know the shot string at that point is probably pretty skinny, and we were likely the bird oh, yeah. was far enough to my right that it was not going to be catastrophic, but like you would have rung my ears. And also, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. You just never, that's one of those moments yeah. where you're like, stop, everybody yeah. stop. Let's yeah, load yeah. the guns. We're going to have to have a conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you have to. And that, and that gets to, you, I mean, even if you're not in that guiding scenario, if you're, if you're scenario, if you are the experienced person, you know, it's your responsibility to, to shepherd those people into this world. and But also, at the same time, we don't want to embarrass people. Yeah. We don't want to make them less likely to come out and, and try it again. Um, we need people taking... Because somebody did it for you, right? Uh, That's exactly. what I always think about. Like, but, but at the same time, like, those new people have to come in with, with a degree of humility yeah. and be ready to receive some coaching. Because we're talking <laughs> about shit that will kill you. Absolutely. You know, and especially when you're talking those distances... With a shotgun, I don't think people understand that. You know, a cylinder bore at at, at twenty feet is still with birdshot is still just putting a hole in a piece yeah, of plywood. It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's like it, it's uh that's killing there's no you. No spread there. No, there's no spread. You know, and so if you're in, in those kind of distances with your with your hunting partners, um, and you tag them, that's that's yeah, that's game over. You for, for,
1: are you familiar with the name Earl Storm? I'm not. So he's an old guy uh, down in Bladen County. He owned a place called Wintergreen Hunt and Preserve. Uh, the farm that my mom grew up on that like we still, you know, you've heard me talk about, that's kind of in Sam- like lower Sampson County. So not far from Bladenboro, Clarkton, like that whole area. And like right on the other side of White Lake for anybody who knows southeastern North Carolina that's out there listening. Um, Earl Storm was like, he was the former sheriff of Bladen County. Just an old badass, just like kind of. You know the type. He's an old sure. bird hunt dude. Like he doesn't take any crap off of anybody. And I mentioned the first time I went when I was 13. So we the reason we got a shotgun is my dad worked for the bank. There was a sporting clay shoot coming up. So he was like, "Bobby, got to get a shotgun. And so he goes out to, I think, Camel Pond in downtown Winston, picks up an 870 12 gauge, like 28 inch barrel. <laughs> and that's what we went out on the quail hunt with for our first time. Hey. So like hearing you talk, I just, that's why I chuckled when you said dose of humility. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I got that right off the bat because Earl Stern looked at us and kind of went, hmm, that's <laughs> duck gun. I know what I'm dealing with here. Well, Boy, y'all boys <laughs> doing out here, y'all need that, that's too much gun. Oh yeah. Just kind of, you know, was on us in a fun, like kind of-
0: Letting you know nice he enough knew, way,
1: like yeah. you know, and we don't. If you guys just kind of wait for me to tell you when to do what, yeah. we'll we'll get that we'll get through this.
0: You know that I know that you know uh-huh. that you're a novice. He he
1: just went right up to that line yeah. of like yeah. talking just enough crap.
0: Yeah, and that's there's a yeah. I mean that's the skill, right? And then, of yeah. course you got those guys that the authority comes natural to the old sheriff. Or whatever, and he can he can speak from that place and not offend people because he yeah. just has so so much experience in that way. Uh, but it is it's those new guys getting into guiding, and you know if you're out there listening and you're one of those, you know you got your first UT one dog and you're proud of it, and you're starting to pick up some gigs guiding local preserves, you know, advocate for your dog, advocate for yourself and, and learn quickly how, how to, you know, a lot of times you're going to be out there with affluent guests Mm -hmm. and things like that. Learn quickly to, to, to take that position of authority. And, you know, at the end of the day, your safety, your dog's safety, and then and all of the party out there with you—you know—that's in your hands—and yeah. take that seriously. And and just know it's dangerous. And I I had an experience this year on the Dove Field for the first time ever in my life. Oh yeah. When, and I'll call it—I've I, I, you know coming up around Marines. Anytime there's an accidental discharge, there's no such thing as an accidental discharge in the Marine Corps. They're all negligent discharges, right? Right. Yeah. And so I, I I that always rings in my ears. But I was on the Dove Field with a. With my buddy Abe, we were down in South Carolina and I got this, I've got this, uh, it's like an early thirties model, LC Smith, 12 gauge, yeah. 28 inch barrels, um, choked, not mod, like mod improved mod. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'll take, that's a good dove gun yeah. for me, right? Like, you know, and so, and I, and I'd shot it, I'd actually taken it duck, duck shooting a few times and he, it was a, and so I've never, I still haven't found whether or not this is a common issue. Um, but it's a single trigger. And I did look back that that was like the less desirable. So it's this ideal grade, early 30, beautiful gun, beautiful walnut stock. And, uh, and so I had taken it duck hunting a couple of times and I had put some modern loads to it. Um, and, and that is probably the culprit in this regard, but I'm out there with some light lighter dove loads on this shoot and had taken a couple of cracks and I'm sitting there when I, I was always, we were standing at the tree line in the shade. It was a hot day. Had Althea not completely at heel, yeah. but like three feet ahead of me, kind of watching the skies and off to my left just a bit. Got the gun cracked over my right arm, loaded, doves come in, it's broken. I go ahead to close it as I'm watching the the, the doves come in. Uh, had it on safe mm-hmm. and close the weapon and the damn thing discharged and it discharged like three feet to the right into the ground of my dog
1: and yeah because you're trying to stay still so you're not picking the gun up as you close yeah you're i'm trying to do your it your, your side. Luckily, yeah you're trying
0: to do it and yeah and so and luckily like i want the bird uh, the, to close that last 15 yards you that's know? luckily the muscle memory of you know some uh, muzzle discipline and yeah. and those things were, were because it was no thought process. And my first thought was I had my finger on the trigger and the safety off as I closed that gun. That's yeah. the, I thought that must've been it. But then I, 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 just ran it right back through in a safer area. And of course the, the thing discharged as I closed it. And so, um, I I'm
1: just like weaken the sear or whatever. I, I have no idea. I I'd never,
0: I haven't, I'm going to, I haven't opened it up and I haven't taken it to anybody leaving. yet. It's just hanging right now. And I'm I, with a trigger guard on it. And yeah, you know, one day I'll take it in, but now I don't, trust the mechanism, you know, and so uh-huh. I don't know, even though if I take it and have it fixed, if I'll ever fire I have again. one of those
1: Remington 700s that got recalled. Did you? Yeah. I yeah. have I one of like, those. So, I I don't know, how old was I? I would have been in college, so I was probably like 20. Yeah. Sitting in a deer stand and had a doe out there, it was right around Christmas, went to close up. Yeah, And as soon as I threw the bolt closed, it just
0: Bam, yeah, I mean off. it's the scariest feeling yeah. in the world because you're just sending. You're not out,
1: ready for it, it's and you're loud, sending and
0: yeah. you're sending something downrange that you're not mm-hmm. prepared to. I mean it's a it's a bad feeling. So you know, all of you guys, we're out here. I mean, we kind of kick this thing off really quick, um, but it's all on topic, and it's I guess it's all on brand for what we're going to discuss today to some yeah. degree. Um, but you know, it, this is a uh, an important subject, which is firearm safety, which I I don't think gets enough love in like popular hunting shooting culture you know and especially on the bird dog podcast stuff but you know i remember as a kid i had i've got an uncle that had a story he never talked about but it was uh you know he had had a friend when they were kids quail hunting um that that died in a hunting accident you know oh, just man. something similar to that and so you know it's a uh, remember that guys we're out here we're handling handling these loaded guns and yeah you
1: got to be alert yeah. i had a friend uh his lab got shot two years ago on a hunt right outside of fayetteville yeah. it was like you know a bunch of big ringneck shoot like they had you know blinds all around this lake there's a bunch of guys out there yep. it gets a little bit chaotic there's birds dive bombing in and his like one-year-old lab at that point was swimming back with a bird in the mouth yep and somebody thought it was a cripple on the water, couldn't oh, see the dog gosh. behind the bird in a low-light Actually, was, just, just leveled off and shot it. Leveled off and lit the dog up. That's, Lost an eye, dog made it. Oh, wow. Lost an eye, but made it, yeah. Holy
0: smokes. Yeah, I mean, I think about that all the time, duck hunting. is like, you know, when I'm out there with a bigger party, you know, I never fail to say, hey, you know, no shooting cripples in the decoys. You know, yeah. I'm sending my dog. But, I, you know, I, I think that's one reason it's important to have a steady lab. You yeah, know, a lot of guys. big time! Yeah. And I know some like top top end guides that are happy with their dog breaking on the shot. Um,
1: it, it gets dangerous. You better trust. Yeah, you better the ha- body that you're with, and
0: you better feel like you got control of that that part. You can say it, and they're gonna, you know, you can pull them back. And um, I mean, there's there's countless stories. I mean, if you know guides, if you've been living in this world for any period of time, I mean, I especially the old crusty guys. When I go down east and duck hunt with them, every single one of them's got a story about you know and one guy doesn't like break action guns in the blind because you know when you close that gun in the blind it's you know it's, it's you got to hang odd. it over the edge yeah, yeah exactly stuff like that and there's always a reason for that so um so it you know i guess that's a great opportunity to segue into why we're here today so so will we didn't even really get to introduce you at yeah. all we jumped right in on that one
1: guys yeah we well, all i mean you know you got a pretty good idea who I am. Now. Yeah. Well, you, you we've heard we, me speak on some subjects. Yeah. We've been on,
0: we, we've been, uh, we've been on some pod, uh, a podcast together, yeah. um, prior and, organization uh, not to be named. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that one out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it, it, Will was, like I said, we met at last year's St. Hubert's trial and this year Will is uh, is helping by taking a leadership role in the current trial and yeah. so i just wanted to get together with with you number 1 we got to continue to promote the thing we had a little hic- hiccup early in our registration process we we lost the grounds we were going to use and so we've we've kind of dropped back and we're going luckily i think got a better venue got as good a venue as that exists on the East coast. I think in, in H Cooper black um, state park and field trial ground down in South Carolina. So for those that have never been, it is, it it is a pristine place to hold a trial like this, you know, and it's, uh, it looks beautiful. It's amazing. I'm
1: excited. There's camping. So it's actually a state park. I don't know if y'all caught the Grayson just said that. So like, that's, I I know he was talking, I'm going to be down there Friday night and Saturday night. And you know, yeah, we're excited to actually spend some time hopefully share a campfire with some of the participants and
0: that's you know. yeah that's my plan my plan is to rent a camper this time around i have i haven't pulled that together yet but i'm gonna i'm gonna try it's the off season it
1: should be pretty yeah you would available. think you
0: can find them relatively easily so i'm gonna rent a camper but they have a lovely campground for rvs and i'm, I'm sure you can find some tent camping on the on side if you wanted to but they've got hot showers good good facilities there it's a a fantastic place for that and you know i mean hartsville's kind of close and shiraz kind of close and so you can get a hotel and it's not a um inconvenient drive
1: in i imagine hartsville with all the sunoco presence probably has at least one nice hotel oh they've They've got got yeah and even
0: i i there's kind of a it's kind of one of those hotels that you know is really nice in like '87, yeah. But uh-huh. is now like kind of degraded into maybe not right. a Roach Motel, but it, but no. but I actually stay at that one all the time, and I love it because it's got all the amenities. Right, they're just kind of stuck in 35 years ago. You know, sometimes so,
1: that's a good thing. Yeah, we stayed at a place like that this past weekend with our girls. We took them to Pinehurst for uh, the Christmas tree lighting down there. Oh, cool. I lived in Southern Pines as a kid, but we stayed at Pine Needles. I didn't know that. it's kind of like this old like. It's just stuck in time in the late '60s, and it's sure. cool to visit like an old motor court kind of place like that. I mean, yeah. they don't make them like that anymore.
0: No, like that
1: no. concept is dead. Yeah, we're still, gonna get off on another tangent. I know. I mean,
0: yeah, no, we can we can go down that road for a while. Um, because I lived in Southern Pines as a kid too. Oh, but, nice. <laughs> but, um, y- you know, so I guess moving forward, you know, for, from a promotional standpoint, and for the sake of this trial, you know, this is another appeal, a call to action. You know, so if you hear this, and you have a dog that you think might enjoy a a, a very basic style field trial where you're out hunting with your dog and, and the uh, I guess the objectives are conservation ethics, safety and fun. Well,
1: that's the cool thing about it. Like uh, at least I would say half of the criteria without having the sheet in front of me upon which an entrant, a team really like a hunter dog team is judged is you don't have to be an experienced dog handler to no. be able to like,
0: can you go have, well. can you have fun with your dog? Can, exactly. You know, I mean, I, I think for me judging last year, that was the thing, like the guys that were having the most fun were the ones that were scoring the highest. Yeah. It, you, cause it, you could tell. And, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were comfortable with firearm safety and things like that. At beginning, one was a guy actually both are guys. Yeah. So it was like, I guess that makes complete sense. Both of these dudes, um, uh, uh, Landon and um, and uh, oh gosh, I'll, I'm sorry if you're out there listening. I'm blanking <laughs> on your name. Anybody that knows me knows that that's not. Uh, I've I've done that to lifelong friends in my life. So, um, it, but the both of the guys that won first and second in the pointing dog division were uh, were guys. Man,
1: and, uh, the dog was Ruby Thews. Yeah,
0: Ruby Thews. What's the right? guy's Is
1: name? It? He lives in like person yeah he lives Pittsburgh. up there
0: near caswell
1: um Golly, i'll think yeah, of it and yeah, i am
0: so yeah, sorry old. i am so sorry dude because i really like admire this guy enjoy it and yeah. really liked running um, with him and scratching he's just, dank Kennels. yep yeah
1: <laughs> I can yeah. think of everything but his damn why name. Am str-
0: why am I struggling? So um, I'm so
1: sorry. I'm yeah. I'm I, I I went to App State. I remember that because I met him. He was a really nice guy. Just
0: a, a super cool dude and a very memorable guy. I can remember yeah. everything in the world about him except was his it, name. Uh, Vishla? Yeah, it's a V yeah. Ruby, Ruby and, uh-huh. um But either way, like uh yeah, just a, a hard overalls. <laughs> I remember it all. I, yeah, exactly. Um and I've spoken to him since. Uh, but but Trey, he, Trey, Trey, right there. It is. Thanks. Hey, Trey, dude, please, for the love of God, <laughs> forgive me about that, man. That's that. that, that I is, wish we had
1: had a timer on that. That uh, was a solid like 45 minutes. <laughs> Some two guys with ADD, like <laughs> calling out context clues until somebody got there. Yeah,
0: Trey, Trey's an awesome guy with a super awesome dog and uh, and a very you could tell very experienced guy. And the same as Landon, and it just made. You know those guys just have so much experience with the gun safety aspect. I think that they're not thinking about it, right? Right, and and they're doing everything correctly. So there's no, you know, they're they're uh, they're comfortable moving within the boundaries of what's safe and what's not and so it, again it's just a thoughtless process for them and so uh, nobody else was getting dinged but I think what it allows for is those guys are so well practiced at yeah. it there's no fault there's no missteps they're not you know they're not leaving their safeties on they're not uh, you know and I mean things that I would be guilty of I'm just out I of I
1: remember John telling me what saved me and got cheesing out of the past because I yeah. missed that bird yeah uh, I'm very inexperienced I have no idea what I'm doing he said one was it picked up shells yep stopped into that because that's just yep. second nature and the second thing was on that second bird when we uh, i think i clipped a wing and like dropped a leg yep so it was still kind of on the move you know it wasn't locked in place and i'd looked for like 10 minutes which he yeah did. i knew it was in this spot it had gotten buried in some thick stuff and like yep. we just he's got to get in there to it but kept calling him back to a spot and finally we got the bird out of there and john was like man a lot of people would have just said like well i thought it was here but i don't know where it is and like and that's
0: i mean and john i i'll I love that guy, man, because that's that he really pr- probably more than me that day. He yeah. took that. So uh, the, the safety and the conservation ethic and all those uh, things, he really let that play into the into the shoot. And just the, the fact that you did look for that cripple for so long should have been, yeah you know, should have weighed very heavily for you. And um and I'm not sure I judged it. That that way with that thought. It's a little bit Pointers. I mean, there's kind of
1: there's not as much of a retrieve because I remember that's like if you look at the rules as you're checking out. Yeah, the, the retrieve trial, is worth a lot more. On the Facebook you guys. page, yeah, and the flusher class, the retrieve has is way heavier weighted. than Well, the
0: pointer and, class. and you know, and then at the end of the day, too, though, it's that that's. I mean, if if there's any, if 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 we think of dogs as tools for conservation, that's their that's what they do. Oh yeah, is they bring us the game, they find it, mm-hmm. you know, and um. And yeah, there's those type of things when a duck, when a bird gets buried up under a bunch of, you know, lespediza and
1: and yeah.
0: pushed over Johnson grass or broom sedge or whatever
1: you're not you're not finding that thing. A wood duck goes and crams up under a yeah. log in yeah. the swamp. Exactly, in, you know, eight inches of water, but you can't see him. Yeah. And you know,
0: and so that the wonderful use of the dog, and and you shouldn't give up on those things, and right. you know, and so that's a that's a good, I think an important piece of that criteria for judging, but, but yeah, you know, so for those of you listening, I mean, we're we're recounting these stories of last year, uh, but but with, with the idea that hopefully you're getting an understanding of what this thing is about and why it's important.
1: And for like the newer or people who maybe haven't done a trial there or any kind of trial before, the thing that really... One of the... The last thing that stood out to me was... I know John focused on positivity. Yeah. He mentioned that. was like... I mentioned, you know, I forgot to take the safety off. The first bird just flew. Cheese went on a big chase. He bumped one more bird while he was doing that and just kind of... I didn't stand there and scream at him.
0: Yeah, you didn't flush you at know, him. Yeah, I stood
1: there and hit the whistle every 30 seconds or so. And just like, he's a young dog. Let him run it out. He, and he came back and got at my side and we got our breath. I got him some water and we yeah. like continued the hunt and put up the second bird and everything was fine. But like, that's something... He mentioned after the fact is, and I, he didn't mention directly to me, I don't think. He was talking to somebody else, and I heard him say, like, you know, one of the biggest criteria for me is would I want to go hunting with you yes. and your dog? That that was for me. Having yeah, seen see. how you do this, like, would I want to go? Because that's something, you know, on the same, we're talking about with the guides, that like, there's a way to have that conversation around gun safety without yeah. being overly negative and condescending.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um It can be really crappy to hunt with somebody who's not good to their dog. Who oh spends my gosh. i time yelling at their dog. Like I've been guilty of it. Sure. Uh, we it, all have been at some point because sometimes they just piss you off. Well, like it's they our, aren't doing what they're supposed yeah, to be I doing. Mean,
0: it's, it's like golf, right. Yeah. Or, or fishing. And I'm not a golfer at all. No. And there's a good reason for it. Um, but it, it's, uh, You know, whatever you happen to be doing, you get in the mode, you get in the zone and it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to kind of allow yourself to lose control of your emotions sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing I love about this is it is, it's like, keep it in the forefront of your mind. You're here to have fun. You're here to have a good time. And we should all remember that when we're out with our buddies hunting, you know, and I mean, it, it is, we beat this thing to death, whether you're talking about my podcast or somebody else's, but you know there's that point in in a sportsman's life where you get over the killing, you get over the numbers and it, and that progression, like you're
1: into methodology, you're into, you know?
0: Yeah. And so, and I think, you know, what we want to do is promote getting to that place where you enjoy, you're, you're there to enjoy the moment. Just do this because it's fun. Exactly, man. And you know, and it's a short life and it's, it's those stolen moments where we get to be in the field and, and feel good about ourselves and enjoy our dog and enjoy our company. And, and that's, again, you know, that's, That, to me, is the goal of this entire thing we're doing. Playing
1: games with your dog. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, So, you know, for those that have any interest whatsoever, again, if you've got a dog out there that you think, you know, you can... Enter in the hunting class if and they're you know all they got to do is go find you a bird, handle it well enough for you to yeah. to make an attempt at the game, and uh, and hopefully get it back to you. But that's
1: one of my favorite things in your rules where you, it's all about like can you effectively put game in the bag, yes. especially in that hunters division. It's not about how you know style will win you some points sure. sure but ultimately like are we effective here
0: yeah is it's are you are you effective and are you safe yeah right and so that's that's the key and so if you go out and you hunt with your dog and you have a good time it doesn't matter i don't care if it's the most broke dog on the planet i don't yeah. even care if the thing makes a retrieve. Are you having fun
1: mm-hmm.
0: right you can you can pass without retrieve points you can in theory pa- it's going to be tough but you can in theory pass without Cutting a feather on a bird. Yeah. You know, I mean, but the, the real thing is, are you out there enjoying your dog's company? Is the dog responding you to, some, to, to you to some degree? Are you keeping your cool? Yeah. Uh, are you efficiently moving through the field? And if you are, you're doing a good job of hunting and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, and we should promote that, you know. So whether, I mean, I, I'm not a good shot. Yeah, and, and I don't want people to just fail because they can't shoot, you know, right. uh, or or you know, or they're taking safety too seriously. I mean, I call safe all the time. I tell when I judge, you know, uh, open state gun do- or open stake or gun dog stake field trials in the UKC, we have gunners in the field on liberated birds, and I always tell my gunners like you know, I don't want you taking a shot unless it's a perfect shot. Yeah. like i don't want this dog to fail because it did wasn't able to make an epic retrieve or right. to not win because it wasn't able to make an epic retrieve mm-hmm. get let the bird give you a layup and when you got that Perfect, clean, super safe shot. That's the one you take. Yeah. Otherwise, I got a blank gun in my back pocket and I can pull that thing out and get the dog under judgment for hearing a shot and, right. and judge it through the shot. You know, and, and, I, and I think the same thing out there like that. So, and I'm, so I always err probably way too on the side of caution when it comes to safety and shot placements out there in those crowded fields and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want anybody to get dinged for that. So you shouldn't feel as if you're, you know, it's super important that you put that bird
1: down. Right. Um, but man, yeah. it feels good. It does, <laughs>
0: yeah. And so when it presents, certainly pre- feels better. Than yeah, missing. yeah. When you do it long enough, the, the right. right you get the opportunity. The opportunities will come if yeah. you if you keep ha- if you hang in there.
1: Well, you're talking about layups. That's the thing I think that probably improved my shooting mm-hmm. more than anything is Shot learning selection. to recognize the layup. Oh my god! Just <laughs> lay off when it's not. If it's you can't you can't do that, dude. I think Shot of the physics, first. It doesn't work like that.
0: My first fifteen to twenty years of duck hunting. Yeah. We're just like stupid shots, you know. And like once nah, shooting at fifty five yeah, yards, yeah. yeah. Even like even just once you start shooting dog or shooting dogs, shooting birds backpedaling into the decoys. Like once you see it mm-hmm. done right, then it just you you yeah. don't mind waiting on
1: it. It's bait fishing versus artificials. Yeah, for you sure. Know what I mean, it's the same thing. It's like I can go float, you know, a minnow under a cork and catch pretty much any freshwater species in any river, stream, lake yeah all over the southeast but man something about like a clear moving water stream whether it's a bass or a trout or whatever watching the eat happen yeah that's again we're back to like the methodology it's not good enough just to complete the task like past a certain point you want to control other variables in that process and
0: and i I still enjoy a good like wood duck pass shoot or a dove shooting but i know what i'm going to do but if i'm if i'm hunting over a spread I'm not taking bad shots anymore. Like, right. it's just, it, it's not fun to me. It's like the way it used to be, you know? Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, so, and hopefully we can all move more in that direction with age and maturity and with time. <laughs> yeah. I expect all the kids out there to be still stacking them and having they fun. got to. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have any problem with it as long as they're
1: being safe. We talked about it earlier with like the younger hunters, you know, somebody took the time to explain this to me. I also think, you know, it's funny. You see it a lot in waterfowl hunting that like the younger set yeah is complained about with like. I'm like, y'all, if we had had, like, barrel stickers and TikTok yeah. and LED light bars and all that crap, when, you know, in 2002 when we yeah. were learning to duck hunt, and, yeah. you know, that we would have been doing it, too. Oh, for sure. If Shot for Cams sure. existed back then, we'd have had Shot Cams and we'd have put it on YouTube. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't I don't hold any of this stuff no. against them. I mean, I think it's, it's fun. I enjoy, especially when it's, like... Those kids in that like sixteen to 22, 23 year old range yeah. where they're really just getting ate up with it, and they start ha- they start becoming somewhat proficient and competent. We need
1: those people. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> sure, we need people interested sure. in what does it. What do they say? Duck stamp numbers are declining every year. Oh, uh, it's just doesn't fewer and fewer are sold.
0: Yeah, and it's sad. And at least true. there's a cool factor to duck hunting now. I think when you get into the upland space. The aesthetic appeals to it. It appealed to me as a young guy. Yeah. But at, at the same it time, like you got to be a bit of a romantic to, from the mm-hmm. get go. Yeah. To get into that. And especially when you're living in a state like this, where we have so, you know, our li- opportunities are so limited. um,
1: You, you know, even like with the right conditions in a, on a duck, especially a goose hunt, you can produce, you know, you could be in it for the meat. Like, yeah. That's oh, yeah. not the case in the upland game. No, 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 we're not in it. For
0: no, yet. it's all sport. Uh-huh. It's a hundred percent sport. And, and, Um, you know, and there's more, there's benefits to it that are beyond the sporting aspect, you know, but, but at the end of the day, yeah, you're out there for your, for your mental health and your physical health and, Uh and to share that time with your dog. And so, um, so I'm, you know, I'm excited for this February 3rd and 4th of 2024. We're going to be at H Cooper black. We've got the, the trailer flushing class. We have the hunter flushing class. We have the trailer pointing class. And we have the hunter pointing class, and there's going to be two days of that.
1: So yeah, limited got a spot for everybody. Yep.
0: So and we've got we're. I don't expect us to fill all those entries. Right. That's a pile a pile of dogs. But I would love for us to get enough entries for us to to make it a viable opportunity for us to do it again next year. Yeah. So you know I want to keep this thing going. And for those that came last year, we had a good time. This year should be that times two or three. Yep. You know, I think you know. Now that we've got these beautiful grounds, we've got this o- opportunity to have this banquet and you know, share in each other's company and in between on on Saturday night without ever. Yeah, I'm super pumped, man! I'm so <laughs> okay. excited. So, uh, so anybody that's got questions regarding, I guess we could dig into that a little bit. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I've talked on Nick's podcast about some of this, but at the end of the day, if you're a a class flushing dog. You know, i I don't think I don't want it to be run exactly like a spaniel trial. Yeah, John is a spaniel judge. He's going to judge again this year. And nice. I, when you're running under John, it's going to feel, it's going to feel like a spaniel trial, spaniel hunt test because he's got that objective lens on. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, you're it's it's still judged on being a hunt. Uh, but what, what we're looking for is basically your steadiness requirements when you make contact with that bird are you sitting to flush are you steady through the shot and through the fall if you need to be and retrieving on command um, and is, is that going clean so if yeah. you're if you're a spaniel trialer or you've done HRC upland stuff with your lab and you've done a serviceable job with that. You got a grand champion. I think this will be a fun place for a grand dog to come out and show off. Yeah. Um. You know, because they they take the upland component pretty seriously there
1: Okay.
0: Um, for those guys. Or if you're a guide, you know, or whatever else, and you got nice cockers and you want to show them off and you've got them broke, then, you know, bring them out and, and run that trailer class. That's probably going to be the hardest class to feel. fill. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not a ton of broke flushing dogs no yeah especially I'm, in the southeast i'm hunter class flusher all the way because yeah. we are
1: over 3 on steady <laughs> shot wing or flush wing and shot which
0: yeah. is fine and that's why the hunter class exists so uh-huh. it's like it, do you have you know do you have a boykin do you have a springer or a cocker do you have yep. a lab that you go out and you kick up woodcock with or you you used to flush for your pointing dogs when you're guiding things like that, bring those dogs out too and just kick them around the field and go hunt with them. Lab won it last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, My lab won Uh it last year. Just unfortunately not under, not under my hand. So hopefully this year, this is, so I'm still promoting this thing. I'm running this thing as hard as I can, but I've taken a step back in regards to like the executive functions because I just want to run in it. So I'm going to run in it this year. Whoops.
1: Everybody this year, you're not winning your tournament. Here's the thing about (laughs) Althea,
0: man. Althea, uh, like Althea can get mechanically as correct as anybody. She's yeah. she's steady, she's clean. She is not a great hunter. Like she just she's a very good flushing dog for for the bird dog. Yeah. Um but she's like she like her favorite place in the world to be is at heel. Mm-hmm. And if she thinks there's a bird in the opportunity like in that bush over there, she'll go hunt it. And I can send her out for a while. And get it going pretty clean, but if she's hunted ten or fifteen minutes without a contact, she's going to stop yeah. believing me and start, you know. So there's, Althea can easily be beat right. with clean work with a more intrepid dog. That makes sense, you know. And it's just not her name, but I, I don't, you know. I know the dog I got, and I love her. I wish she was a little more in, intrepid, but at the yeah. end of the day, she wouldn't be the dog she is if she was. Right. So you know, so she's she's the perfect dog for me, but um, and and clean, and then of course she had a son that won it. Or that one runner-up last year, and same that's kind of right. deal. This guy comes out, yeah, sorry. yeah, comes out and trains with me a lot. And that's Josh Garrison. We're hoping, hope he comes back out again this year because I love that dog so much. Super yeah. uh, awesome dog named Cooper. Um, but that's right. yeah, but the more folks that come out with whatever else, like Althea and Cooper did really well because there weren't a whole, there wasn't a ton of competition. Yeah, I think Graham you know?
1: had a yeah Cochran Copper. Yeah, yeah Copper. Me.
0: And we didn't have we didn't break it into and tri- it was like
1: three or four labs and one yeah
0: and we didn't break it into uh, trialer and hunters class last year and That's so right. this yeah. is going to be a lot there's a lot more opportunity for the hunters class guys this year because those yeah. dogs have had a lot of practice sitting to the flush and if you know if you've hunted flushing dogs you know like it's just from a marking perspective and things like that if you can get that dog to just stop for a second mark yeah. his bird um, then number one you're getting you know you're not having to worry about delayed chase you get the dog it's already under control before it starts. If there's a mark to be had, especially an easy one, they make it look so clean back and forth. It's hard to look at that kind of work and not appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, do you need that to put birds on the ground and in the bag? Not at all. No, but
1: man, what you're describing the first time I ever saw Cocker's run, I had my lab ham and I I knew... That was two years before I ever got cheese, but I knew right then and there, like, yeah. I'm going to have one of those dogs. Yeah, That's amazing. Like, yeah. I just fell in love with it. Like, I was like, got to have it.
0: It's They're so cool. Yeah. And I'm, maybe one day I'll have one again. I've, I've had a few. And, uh, you know, right, right it's now. It's been
1: an adjustment. What you just described with Althea, like her favorite place is that heel. That's yeah. not, like, I've had to adjust to that, like, from coming from a lab. You know, with Ham, I wanted him to stay close, and yeah. he was within 10 feet. Yeah. And so that's what I got used to. And I feel like I, I have this instinct to get upset with cheese when he's like wandering, at, you know, 30 yards. Sure. And I, and for that's him, a, that is staying close. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, dude, stay close. And he kind of looks at me like, I am. Yeah. What do you want from me? I could be a mile away right yeah. now. I don't know, yeah. You know how fast it, I am? Like,
0: <laughs> and that's my bird dog. I was saying this all the time. I got Ella sitting in here behind us and, uh, and she's, you know, she's one of my favorite dogs I've ever owned. She's a wonderful companion and house yeah. pet. Um, but on the days, like on a pretty day in the spring when you go out and you you fire up the grill and you got Althea out there, Althea is just going to be curled up asleep somewhere within yeah. like 10 feet of you at all times. And if you take your eyes off of Ella long enough, she's, she's she, yeah. yeah, we got a farm that she's hunted her half her life behind us. And she's going to go out there and yeah, make. I she, don't need you to go out yeah, there. Yeah, she dude. doesn't. I know right where I'm going. Yeah, she's you know, so she's happy to kind of if she she especially if she knows you're not paying attention, she dude, just assumes that. How that's do it. they know
1: that? <laughs> that's a spaniel thing. Like my lab, Ham didn't do that. Like Cheese is watching me constantly because the very second I get a phone in my hand and start messing with <laughs> one of my daughters, like he will be around the corner. Yeah, and he always know, comes back. He's not like running away, yeah. but he knows like, oh shit, he's not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm,
0: and, I, and Ella's the same way. I mean, I can turn her loose in the neighborhood and she will go for two or three hours and she will always end up on the back porch. Not saying I've ever done that on purpose. Right. It's happened. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, she's always coming home and we're lucky we live far enough out in the country that it's not too big a consideration. Yeah. But, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, Althea just doesn't, she just doesn't want to go away. She just, no, if you're not going yeah. there, she ain't going there. So, um, so there's that. So we know we've, the flushing hunter and trailer class, the pointer, the pointer trialing class. Just think, a dog should steady to wing shot and fall, yeah. you know, and retrieving on command. Retrieve is going to play a role, and if if your dog doesn't retrieve, you, sh- you can still play. You probably probably not going to win, but you can still right, pass. Yeah. You know, and that's something important to know. Your dog doesn't have to, it can blow complete categories and still pass.
1: Yeah. Um, You know. uh, You awarded the title of Practical Hunting Dog. That's right. I love that. When I read that last year, like looking at signing up for the trial, I was like, man, that's a really cool way to look at that. That is probably what, because I was a staunch, like never going to trial. Yeah. When I started getting a bird dog, people were like, oh, they got Spaniel trials. You should get into that. I'm like, man, that's not for me. I don't
0: want to do that. And and I did it for, I really did it because I had so many clients that, they don't have any interest in field trialing. Yeah. That but they see what they're missing out on in terms of the community. I've got a handful of people that hang around the the French Brittany trials that really aren't into the trialing at all. Yeah. But they love the community. And so they hang out there. And I just No,
1: it was that's a huge upside from yeah. doing it last year. It's like I've met people yeah. who are into this that you can then like keep in touch with throughout the year, exchange info, just whatever. Like yeah. I I love to bird hunt. I've been doing it. Like I said, went for the first time when I was 13, but I don't have a ton of friends sure. that do it. Like the no, large it's just, majority of like my social group is a few of them will go with me like once a year, maybe
0: if you're, if yeah, a lot of them don't like to come back after yeah, you take if the them. Weather's good. Like <laughs> yeah. if
1: it's a nice day whatever. Um, yeah, so it's nice to just have somebody to like yak at about yeah. this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, people with the same affliction. At at parties and social situations, folks will ask me about like, oh, you bird hunt or you duck hunt. Yeah. I've gotten to a point where I will look at him and be like, I'm giving you fair warning. If you want to have this right now, like, do you are you really curious and you want to know things? Cause I can sit here and talk about this for three hours. Yeah. Or if that's just like a pleasantry question, I can answer with a yeah, man, it's been a good season so far. Like, how about you? What you been up to? <laughs> we can go that way too. I just let me know. Yeah, yeah. If you really want to know, I'll tell you. But I'm, I'm giving you. What's your level of interest? Because
0: we can take this so far off the deep end. Yeah, yeah.
1: talking about Earl Butts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love that kind of stuff
0: too, though, man. And and I'm lucky. Like I'm 43, and I've just now, like, started to develop like a core group of hunting buddies that yep. I've never had and I mean we're still only getting out with each other a couple of times a season or whatever but they're people that I know I'm going to take I can take them and drag them through the swamp looking for woodcock yeah. and they're going to want to go again
1: next time You probably if you're like me you probably cycled a few of through Oh yeah, well, I I've yeah.
0: I've burnt some people out I've taken mm-hmm. a few people on some like
1: I have declined to invite certain (laughs) folks back, and I'm sure that there have been folks before that have declined to invite me back. Oh, sure. You don't always jive. Yeah, yeah.
0: Even when you're you're two, you know, avid hunters. You know, you have to. There's got to be certain things. Like you know, you go with some of those guys that are just killers, and it's just to me, it's you know.
1: Oh, there's one place that's like it's in. A large expansive county in Eastern North Carolina. And I'm going to like leave names out to protect the innocent here. I got invited to this club one time. It was about my third trip down there. It was like a loose kind of, it's not necessarily familial, but it is a family friend kind of relationship. And anyway, I get invited down there and the like head dude at this place um, in the dark, it's like, 4 a.m. before we're going to the blinds. And I've got my dad's lab at this point. Uh, Samson was like at heel. He's on uh slip lead. Yeah. Like a three foot long slip lead, not making a peep. And he's right beside me. I've got my gun case, my pack, waiters, like I'm dressed, waiting by the truck, following all the rules, ready to go. And the dude just walks up to me and out of nowhere. That dog's not gonna f up my hunt, is he? Yeah. He's not going. That dog F's up my hunt. I'm gonna shoot him. Yeah. and I looked right at him and I was in my 20s and this guy's in his like mid 50s and a lot yeah. bigger than me And I was, <laughs> Mr so-and-so if you shoot my dog we are going to have a giant effing problem yeah and I continued that day's hunt you know, everything yeah everything was fine the dog did great yeah I mean, he killed it he was a I've got a picture of him I'll show you from that day he ended yeah. up picking up birds for like the blind neck to us he was great never got invited back after that that was the last sure. trip. Sure, fair there. enough. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you you advocated for your dog, and uh, yeah,
1: I just kind of felt like if he was running around whining, like yeah. picking up decoys, causing problems, pissing on somebody's sure. bag, like yeah, call me out. But I'm standing. Well, here. a lot of times, I'm the first one ready, I'm buttoned up, man. You like, know, a lot. Leave of, me alone. Yeah,
0: and I mean, sometimes you get invited on those kind of things, and it's like it, there's there's the guy there that's going to be Johnny Big Bananas. Yeah, and. And when somebody doesn't recognize that, right? Like, yeah. then, then, uh, then he's you know not so inclined to invite you back. And those no. are the kind. Normally, I'm not super excited to go back to those kinds of places, even if the shoot yeah. is good. Oh, it was an know. incredible shoot. Yeah, but uh, it entails like hummingbirds. On oh wow, yeah. just, well, you Maybe you want to go back. Night, maybe you want to yeah. go back to the property, but without right. the dude, you know. And so,
1: just no, I'm not taking my dog this time.
0: But that's it. And so that's you know again. You know, not to just keep bringing it back, but if you're listening to this stuff and it all sounds familiar not to you. Yeah, that kind of environment we yeah. described. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not can't tie a. This. Ain't no Johnny Big Bananas no. at, at St. Hubert's Trial. Um, You know, and Fibility there's. Abounds. Yeah. And well, it's, we hope. <laughs> to <laughs> an extent. <laughs> to an extent. As much. Sometimes Depends I. Depends on how late
1: you hang around the campfire.
0: Exactly. That's exactly where my head was going with it. Don't let me win and get a few beers in me yeah, after we're going to uh-uh. find. Uh, but. Um, you know, so if anybody that does have questions about that, we're going to put some show notes up. We'll put Will's contact information. Yep. Will Will is the man. So Will's, you know, he, he really has, we've been lucky that he he's buttoned up. He's the kind of, um, you guys have heard me say this about myself. He's kind of the antithesis of the way I handle these things. <laughs> so you can expect some com- communication back from him. Of course, you can go to the BDS website. You can go through there and link up with Terry ann Terri-Ann's very very well organized and can give you all the information but if if those real-time conversations reach out to will he'll he'll get you some answers um and so again look for those show notes show notes will if you want to put some information out on on the podcast you're welcome to in terms of email addresses or whatever we can just save it for the notes
1: let's put it up on the notes because what i'm probably going to do instead of routing it to personal not that i care it's not a special account and that's the reason why i'm not going to give it to you guys because i think my gmail inbox let me look at it it's sitting at like fourteen thousand
0: yeah, six hundred and fifty seven. Yeah. is that it that's rookie, that's rookie numbers you got to bump those up Yeah, those <laughs> like rookie numbers.
1: so what we'll probably do is like just set up a dummy gmail account like will at st hubert society okay US good idea or wouldn't like hurt that. to have yeah. something like
0: that put together anyway so yeah
1: give us about 24 hours we'll get something like that set up and you guys can get a hold of me um yeah and like we said feel free to reach out for real-time conversations questions um i We'll guarantee that you'll probably get more anecdote than you bargained for. Well, for sure,
0: you yeah, well, that's get fun part into a conversation. That's with the fun me. part, yeah. Um, and and in, in, in you know, last words on that thing. We do have one of the uh, one of the kind of patrons. I don't know what you'd call them. Just friends of the St. Hubert's Club group already uh, is a big farmer in Darlington County, which is right right down the road um, from Cooper Black, and he's got a lot of connections in the air. We're already talking about pigs. What, how many pigs we might need to cook Saturday night? Hopefully, oh, yeah. <laughs> That kind of that kind of chat. You guys
1: do it right down there. That yeah. was the, in that part of the eight four three. They actually do like whole hog yeah. with vinegar. Yep. White slaw. I mean, I'm from the eastern part of the North Carolina, so any of like our Piedmont triad listeners or Grayson's Piedmont triad listeners are probably looking at me and yeah white slaw vinegar sauce. Yep.
0: That's so I you know having grown up all over North Carolina and but yeah. happening to live like right now we're uh we're 12 and a half minutes from the barbecue center in
1: Lexington. Yep. Where are we sit say, right as now. Crow flies we're probably pretty close. Yeah,
0: and uh, I don't ever say this in mixed company, but I much prefer eastern style barbecue. Yeah um you know i it's like good i
1: think there's something to the dip the sauce like yeah. there's you know the sweetness. I, and i do count. i
0: mean i still go to barbecue restaurants in lexington uh-huh. and enjoy the barbecue i really do but it's you know for, for when i when i'm when i my mouth waters really yeah. thinking about what i want it's that whole hog
1: it's all that extra collagen that yeah, it's in so whole hog yeah so good so so
0: that's i think that's Good for the final word on St. Hubert. Yeah. Um, You know, and we've beat you guys to death with this stuff, but we really mean it. You know, if, if it's you, if it's a friend you know that might enjoy something like this, come out. It's a party. It's a bird dog party. Um, we're gonna have the trial, but that's secondary to the fun. Um, so so please reach out, come join us. Hope to see you guys all there. It's gonna all the proceeds are gonna go benefit the Bird Dog yeah, Society. It's a great organization. Yeah, and, and we're super, super excited for that. We've got some conservation partners that are working on getting there. Hopefully have a biologist out from uh quail and pheasants forever nice yeah and especially that area like so speaking of farmers in that area i spoke to one the other day and he's been having fun with his french Brittany and finding quail all over the place down there nice. so there's there's wild birds they're making it's it, good to hear yeah you know and so um so enjoy if you've never been in that part of the country either you might think it's a it's it's a place you might drive through if you're not a hunter and think there's not a whole lot going on, yeah. but if you've ever hunted a bird, whether it be especially a woodcock or a quail, just driving through yeah. that kind of mid to mid state to low country of South Carolina, that um, yeah, heading from Darlington County to Florence and area, the PD, man. oh my God, the Petey River Basin so beautiful, yeah. um, and so so kind of speak. That's our South Carolina cousins.
1: Yeah, same water
0: uh, exactly. But there's a there is a son of North Carolina.
1: That's a hell of a segue. <laughs> that
0: that that uh, that was a famous sportsman here, and and Will has been working on a new project, and I'm yeah. gonna just kind of let you take
1: over from here for sure. Um, so this is a guy that's kind of one of the first times I read about him. I saw him or uh, read that he was uh, compared to or you know called North Carolina's Hemingway. Uh, so the old man and the boy, Robert Rourke. I'm sure some of you probably already figured that out, but. He wrote that Old Man and the boy series for Field and Stream. Uh, he's got at least four or five other best-selling novels to his name that I cannot call out right now. But this is kind of a challenge that we are naming after him because he is from North Carolina. And, you know, much like what Grayson's doing with the St. Hubert's Trial, bringing something European over here to the States and doing it for the first time ever, um, I would kind of like to do that with what we're calling the Rourke Challenge. Uh, and it's not... This will probably be officially, not probably, this will be officially rolled out in 2024. So everything I'm about to tell you, you will have a chance to sign up, declare your intent, and be eligible for the challenge starting in like September of 2024. But effectively, this is all based on um, a novel. It's a Scottish novel from the 1920s called John McNabb. And over there, the Field Magazine uh, puts on something... Which is kinda like what would that compare to? That's is that like Project Upland is for us over here, maybe a little more like Covey Rise. <laughs> well the or field
0: is I I'd say the field yeah. I mean, so in terms of prestige, yeah. You know, we have these new modern kind of print deals like Project Upland, Covey Rise. Mm-hmm. I, I would say garden and gun maybe more a so. little more lifestyle? Yeah, it, it's yeah. got it's got I mean the shooting lifestyle right, in England and in well in all of Great Britain, uh, It's a whole thing. The UK. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it kinda wraps into it's a, it, it's a little more
1: it's, it's a little.
0: It's buttoned up and it's got its own real culture around it, you know, and, and for us we do too, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, I would say that this, this magazine would be more akin to like what Field and Stream would have been when it was Forest and Stream, you know, and it's, and it's got a super long history and it was, it's the publication. If you're into sporting pursuits in the UK, you're taking the field. You're familiar
1: with it. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, they run this challenge that's based on the Scottish novel. And uh, the challenge is born out of this sort of passage in the novel where there are, on, uh, let's say, just a cold, rainy night, not much going on, there's three dudes, characters in the novel. They're sitting in a pub and they're much like what we just talked about, you know, don't look for humility around the campfire uh, <laughs> the night after the, you know, Saturday of that St. Hubert's. Um, these guys are kind of, they're bragging, they're talking to each other. And, and, the gauntlet gets thrown down that basically one dude says to another, hey, this is how good I am in terms of being a sportsman. I can sneak onto your property and in a 24-hour span, I will take a, what is it, a brown trout on the fly. It's a red stag and it's a pair of grouse. They call brace of grouse over there. Yeah. And I'll do all that. I'll leave the property. You will never know I was there. Like, I'm that good that I can sneak on, knock this out, and go. And so the field, um, I think this has been going on since, like, the 60s or 70s for them. They kind of – people started trying it and talking about it, and they sort of put forth this challenge that obviously the poaching angle there is in in good jest. You know, we're doing this these days with a landowner who is – Giving yeah, us permission. Yeah, given permission and excited for you to be out there trying to this is really complete this feat of conservation. So the American version, the North Carolina version that we're going to start with um, are acceptable Rurik combos. And this has to happen in a 24-hour period of dusk to dawn. It must be witnessed. So there's got to be a witness that can attest was with you to like, yes, I, I saw it. It all happened. So here are our combos. The early season is going to be a pair of doves. And that must be harvested in a single volley that applies only to the early season because my thought there is it's not too hard to go out and kill two doves. No, no. But I did a single I, volley.
0: I shot. I shot my double this year. I knocked it's the my double f- out as yeah. well.
1: Yeah. So felt good about that. Um It's going to be an archery tail buck because early season you'll be in September and it's going to be a black bass species on the fly, so that can be spotted uh, rock bass, that can be largemouth bass, that can yep. be smallmouth bass, wherever you are in the state. You should be able to find one.
0: And I'm not a biologist. And the first time we discussed this, you said black bass, and honestly, it didn't register. That's the
1: family. Yeah. And really I shouldn't say rock bass. That's I just misspoke because I learned that over the summer that rock bass are it's a misnomer. Those are a sunfish. Really? So they're in there with like like white mouse, green sunfish, red-eye bass, rolling oak bass. They're not bass, yeah. No kidding. Sunfish. That's why they're so aggressive. Huh. Um anyway, so kind of getting back to it, the black bass family. So somewhere in you know, the state of north or south carolina you can find one not too far Uh,
0: large mouth is pretty much available in every county
1: gotta be in moving water okay farm ponds okay so that's the other thing like this is a sporting challenge gotcha gotcha so we can have a it can be a lake but it must be publicly accessible water Okay. So it can't okay. be like your granddad's farm pond that sure. you know, has large Yeah, 12, yeah. I mean, I can go out and catch two, two large mouse. Right. Right, right now. Right yeah. now. Yeah. We want you going to the local creek. We want you going to the local wildlife. Oh, access. yeah. I know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I already um, got it in my head. I know you do. <laughs> um, and so that's your early season. A classic Ruerk is going to be a pair of wood ducks, limit one hen, white tail buck. That can be rifle, shotgun, archery, whatever's in season, black bass on the fly. And then in honor of, you know, Grayson's kind of. I guess you'd call it mentorship, like encouragement to, hey, put this out there. We're going to do the Lost Highway Rurik, and that's going to be a pair of woodcock.
0: Oh, nice. white tail buck hey, and thanks. a black
1: bass on the fly. So those are, you know, the kind of three combos that you can put forth. Um, obviously, you know, quick rules. Everything is to be undertaken in a legal, sporting, and gentlemanly fashion. You got to complete them within one day between September 2nd, 24, and January 1st, 2025, because that's the last day of deer season. So once deer season's out, you can Yeah, know, you it can't. doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that's... You, you have to be really in tune with the regs because yeah. there's only certain periods of the year where you could even get the overlap of everything. get the overlap yeah. and go pull one off. Right. Yeah. And especially depending on if you're like Northwest zone or yeah central or Eastern where you are is going to dictate like what kind of Rurik you can pull It'll off.
0: It'll be fun moving day. forward. Seeing that kind of seeing what the regional variances are.
1: Yeah. um We're going to take 12 prizes to be awarded with the max in any given year. So okay. we'll take as many entries as we want, but we're, Capping it at 12. Once the 12th is completed for that period, we're shutting it down and you can try again next year. Okay. Um, To just kind of keep it kind of exclusive. Yeah. Um, Everything is undertaken at the competitor's expense. You got to do it in a legal and sporting manner from a landowner who accepts the challenge. Sure. Um, The Rurik Society's decision as to the validity of any entry is final. Okay. So that's going to be, you know, you submit your day. Here's what happened. I got up and went on a duck hunt. Here's my two ducks. Then, you know, hit the river and we caught the bass and we spent the afternoon in the blind yeah. or on a stalk or what have you. You know, if you're in a county where running dogs is legal,
0: yeah. Shoot I might your good deer over this, hounds, I'm
1: you like, know. Oh, that's a gun your deer like over hounds like that. I've,
0: I feel like late season in Anson County might be where I'm going. Man. Be
1: pretty cool somewhere in like Lower Moore County or <laughs> yeah. Northern Moore County, right? Or is it Southern? I can't remember I can't where, where remember they got the dog. The I mean, is. the dog. I think it's below twenty four, twenty
0: seven. And I was about to say once you get me below twenty four, twenty seven, I just get disoriented.
1: Uh-huh. Like
0: I, I've even lived in that area, but right. for whatever reason, it just doesn't it doesn't come together. So for yeah, me. that's
1: something we're going to do. And basically, the way we're going to set this up is there's going to be an entry fee. It's going to be two hundred bucks to get yourself in, to get your name in, and like fifty of that is going to be kept by the Rurik Society to put on the Champions Dinner, to do all that fun stuff for my entries. The ma- majority of that money is going to be paid right out to one of three conservation orgs of your choice. We'll have some options when oh, we get this up and running, I so like you'll that. be able to pick somebody like. Woodcock Society, like ducks, like QDMA, like you know, sure. Audubon, whatever, what what have you, wherever you want to put it. Yeah, Got it, I
0: need to call it. Hank Forrester on this. He yeah, would, yeah, he uh, he's he's friends, good friends with the landowner here. Yeah, and he's uh, the QDMA. Um, you know, he's he's just a big player in QDMA, but does a lot of field to fork stuff for them. I think he would have them enjoy. Yeah, you know, he's a, and he's a North Carolina boy.
1: Well, because you know, when I read about this. I thought it was so cool and the way that the field presents this, the way they brand this thing is that this is the ultimate argument for conservation, right? The fact that there exist properties where you can do all of this in one day. Sure. You can knock it out in one... And in a time of year when a day is not very long, a a dawn to dusk period is around, what, 11 hours right now? Yeah. You know, we got less than 12 hours of light and this would be one of your windows to go get it done. So just imagine like the pulling off that feet and really doing it in a legal and sporting manner above board. You got your witness and then you're in the society and so the prize is going to be a pewter tankard so we can all share a drink together at the end of the period and, you know, toast to the sporting pursuits of those who are successful in their quest for a Rourke but you get the tankard once you're invite to that dinner extends into perpetuity. Oh, that's great. So my hope is that, you know, in five, 10, 15 years, we've got a thing going where there's, you know, a hundred people coming out to a big banquet to all talk about conservation in the Carolinas. Yeah, I think we've all like achieved this feat. We've performed this task. And played
0: a real role. Like, I mean, from a, from a sporting perspective, I mean, I think we all do, but it's such a personal pursuit to most of us that even if we've got duck hunting buddies or whatever, I've always struggled with this and I, you know, the D going like DU is a fantastic organization, yeah. Delta, all these other groups, but I'm, I'm usually when I'm at those places, I'm not with my hunting buddies. No. Do you know what I mean? And so it, it would be, it'd be really cool to just kind of, again, just an opportunity to build community yeah. w- amongst people that are well, actually. imagine a
1: hundred people yeah. dropping two, 300 bucks every year yeah. to enter this thing and the kind of impact we could be having sure. on an Organization that does work in North Carolina, you yeah, know, the kind of money we could be putting forth to fund game land purchases. I, I love to, it to create public accesses on rivers and streams. You know, that's kind of the thing. I, you know, I have I'm really lucky in that I have a place that's been in my family where I can go and hunt private land. Sure. But at the end of the day, you know, what we have access to is around 300 acres, yeah, which is great. It's big, it's bigger, it's than a what lot most people if there's just a couple have. of
0: people sharing it, yeah, but you
1: know. I how many times can you make that loop with a bird dog before yeah. <laughs> you've made that loop? Right. So yeah. it's just what like you were talking about with Ella. So like you want to hunt yeah. new places. So public land has, even though I do have access to public yeah. land, like that public land access is a huge part of my oh, hunting journey. And my we, and
0: life. you know, we forget how lucky we are to be in a state that does have, you know, it's, it's not the best public land state in the country, no. but it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's when you really get out and explore it. When you really do it, I'm always surprised by how much access I do have and right. how much wonderful you but know how,
1: how close it is to you. Yeah. I mean, living here, I'm in Winston. You're right yeah. down south yeah. of town. I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot right around us that I never would have known about if I hadn't just started looking. And started yeah, absolutely,
0: digging. yeah. And I spend so much of my you know starting October. You know, for me, um yeah. through through February,
1: Burning
0: boot yeah, just loving it. I mean, still, that's what that's my favorite thing in the world to do. is just be out there in our local public land and and remember, yeah, you know, it makes it just ties you to home a little better. So, and this is another thing. This is a great opportunity for that. So, if anybody's out there listening that has, you know, has any interest in that, um, yeah, obviously, it's in the earliest stages.
1: This first yeah. first public announcement. But, you know, if of this it thing. sounds cool, you get a hold of me. Like I, I'll, yeah, you know. I have. So here's the thing. Like, I've used some of you. Well, y'all don't know this because y'all don't, probably not many of you listen to the podcasts I used to do for the organization that shall not be named. <laughs> but I talked a lot on there about my past experience as a food truck owner. And I actually do still have an account out there for that food truck with about 2,000 followers that I yeah. need to do something with. So that's going to get transitioned into a place for like this content to be done for me to talk about things like the Ruark and yeah. you know, give you a place to go to access rules to, you know, see, who I am and what I'm doing, but you know, it bear with me because I'm announcing it. None of that infrastructure exists yet, but between now and, you know, say I'll give it February because I'm not going to do much except for hunt and do the holidays, with my family between now and like, St. Hubert, yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I think, and I think St. Hubert's. I mean, it falls right in line with this, you know. and yeah. So it's an opportunity for us to get together. If you're going to be at the St. Hubert's trial, you that's listen actually a this, really good point.
1: I will have yeah. something. I will have an online landing place for this before. Yeah. We get to the St. Hubert. Yeah, trial. we so need to. There, I can. Hey, go check this out. Yeah, There's and we'll
0: probably places. have a little sidebar over there. I'm sure. So anybody that's interested, and in you're making, and you're going to be at St. Hubert, come, yeah. come join us over there, and let's start planning the 2024, 2025 Ruer Challenge.
1: Yeah. Because I right. love, I mean, you know, I've been close. Like, have you, this is the thing that I inventory and I think I've got like four days where the opportunity was there. Yeah. And I was close. I'm and- going
0: to, so starting December 19th uh, or start December 11th. Sorry. For me, that's, you yeah. know, I, I, that's a good poke for me. So like late season, deer season for mm-hmm. me is like when around the holidays, really around Christmas is when I, and I'm, I'm a preferential evening sitter. Oh yeah, 100%. you know, uh, and so it it makes those kind of days where I can get up early in the morning, take a crack at some wood ducks, Back at your birds, yep, or take a crack at some woodcock after yeah. that, and then go. I luckily I live a quarter mile from Tom Alex, yeah, and we will get on the canoe out there and see what we can get done for the bass, and go then find uh, one. yeah, and make it happen. So I'm yeah. pumped. I'm going to try it for this year. I don't know if, I mean, whether or not we're having anything formal about it, but I'm going to actually try hey, but and that's, it. You got to have it. one
1: to enter into the record books to yeah. start it, at least an yeah. attempt. Yeah. I've, I've made a an unofficial attempt on November 11th. Yeah. Cheese, um, my cocker was the first time ever. I sent you that picture. First time I ever duck hunted him. He did. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was cool. Well,
1: the first bird, man, that was funny. Like, he didn't want to pick that thing up. It yeah. was crippled, it was kicking. He was just like, what is this? This is bigger than anything I've ever seen. I'm supposed to grab that. Sure. But he figured it out. And I actually caught a fish later that day and I'm now like, Kind of looking at it, it was rainy, it was cold, it was windy, and I just sort of, you know, as embarrassing as it is to admit, college football was on, and the fire (laughs) was warm, and the beer was cold, and I was like, yeah, maybe another day. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going back. Uh, I will probably be attempting one on December 11th as well. I'm going, actually, this Sunday, headed to the farm and going to hunt Woodcock opener down there. So
0: Awesome, man. Well, I'm I'm, I'm pumped for this opportunity. I'm pumped for us to have... You know, it it just gives us a reason to stay in touch with each other, to keep working forward to get in the field with each other and I, when i say each other i don't just mean me and you i mean that right know, all listeners of, yeah everybody out there call your buddy go out and try you know this is just a fun pursuit give yeah. it a shot
1: um and it gives you something for the winter i always yeah. like when my family family and friends start talking about how much they're not looking forward to the winter oh, it's how it's gonna get time. dark and yeah, cold i just so I hate it i'm sitting there like how sad for you yeah they're yeah. like, you don't have something to look forward to this time. And you're like, I do. Like, oh, yeah. I'm more excited for this than I am anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just like.
0: And get your kids out there with you. Yeah. You know, share this with them. Because I, mean, I feel so lucky that this is a part of my life. That this is, you know, it, it's, it, you don't, it makes you appreciate, uh, and this is so sappy, but that that life's not just about the pursuit of wealth. And uh, there's you, they're so, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's spending time in the woods uh, if you can't, if you can't recognize how lucky we are, especially as Americans and yeah. and all that, you know, just the normal, general, great gratitude stuff that you hear everywhere else. That it's a season for gratitude, it now. is. It really, yeah. truly is. So, I think that's a, a, a the right note to wrap Heck this yeah. thing up on. Man. That's a
1: perfect little bring it right down, put a pin in it.
0: <laughs> so out there, guys, if you're listening, thanks thanks again for listening. And uh, and don't forget to go visit uh, www.UglyDogHunting.com. That's my buddy, Mike Nadusky. And Mike is, uh, Mike's the man in the retail dog game, yeah. hunting, sporting dog game. So he's, He's the uh, one and only sponsor of this podcast. Obviously, Lost Highway Gundogs as well. If you got questions about any of my services, you're welcome to reach out here. And, uh, and Will, thank you for being here, buddy. Yeah, thanks for awesome. having me.
1: All right. Appreciate you all listening to me ramble, and uh, hopefully we'll run across each other again soon.
0: We'll do it, man. Thanks a lot.
1: I'm